Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What are you doing right now? Perhaps you're in the supermarket. Maybe you're on a run or on the commute. But wherever you are in the world, and whatever you're doing, right now you're also listening to my voice. This is the power of podcasts. The ability to communicate with your audience in an intimate and intentional way through audio. I'm B. Duncan, Senior Partnerships Producer at Intelligence Squared. We've been a world-leading forum for talks, debates and events for over two decades. And we also use our cutting-edge curation, creativity and editorial expertise to elevate your brand to new audiences with podcasting. Intrigued? To find out what we can do for your organisation, book into a free consultation with me today. Find out more by going to www.intelligencesquared.com forward slash partnerships. Hi Versus listeners! Before we begin the show today, I just wanted to let you know there's even more Versus out there if you're an Intelligence Squared member. Become a member of Intelligence Squared and you can receive early episodes of Versus and listen ad-free too. Visit intelligencesquared.com forward slash membership to join. Apple listeners sign up via the podcast app. Hello and welcome to Versus, the podcast that finally settles the little debates that are always a big deal to someone. I'm Coco Khan and this week our someones are Harry Simiyu and Kate Mason, two people for whom the beautiful game is a lifelong love affair and very serious business. Harry Simiyu is a journalist and pundit who can be seen talking football across CNN, TalkSport and the BBC, as well as his popular podcast Chronicles of Aguna. Joining Harry today is Kate Mason, broadcaster, co-host of the Football Ramble podcast, Podcast and a familiar face on TV as a former presenter for Sky Sports. She's now appearing on Eurosport and she's also a columnist for the Metro. Today we're keeping it local and hopefully we're keeping it friendly with the North London Sporting Derby. It's Arsenal versus Spurs. You know, Kate mentioned that a load of great players that have been at Spurs, Harry Kane, Gareth Bale, Luka Modric as well, but they all have one thing in common. They've had to go somewhere else. Harry Kane will probably have to go somewhere else to achieve what he wants to achieve in football. The point about Tottenham is that they were the first club in the 20th century to achieve the league and FA Cup double. They've also had, and I know this will be a sore point for Harry, I don't want to bring it up, but far more European success as a club than Arsenal. So you should be watching your football at Tottenham. But remember, which team comes out on top is up to you, the listeners. After each episode drops, we open up the polls for you to vote on our website. We'll announce the winner in next week's episode. Speaking of which, cars versus bicycles. Last week, we debated four wheels versus two with engineers Yasmin Abdelmajid and Roma Agrawal. You voted and the result as we air is in. It's cars 33% and bicycles 67%. Congratulations, Roma and cyclists everywhere. 
So before we kick off, um, we are not shying away from our puns, but there's only 20 minutes of them rather than a full 90. So before we kick things off, it's time to crunch some facts on why Arsenal versus Tottenham Hotspur is one of the most fiercely contested rivalries in sport. Coco's Crunch. First, well, location. The two teams are based in the north and northeast of London. Their rivalry dates back over a century. Arsenal actually began life south of the river. They were based around the Woolwich Arsenal, hence the name. Long story short, their relocation to North London coincided with being promoted, but by a vote, not a scoreline. That was during the 1919 plans to expand the first division from 20 to 22 teams. Spurs did not win that vote, being left in the second division for a spell. Arsenal have remained in the top of English football ever since, and the seeds of a simmering rivalry were sown. At recent count, in mid-2023, the teams have played each other around 193 times, with Arsenal winning 81 of those matches. 51 were a draw, and Spurs have won 61. Let's see if either team can gain some ground today. Coco's Crunch. Let's kick it off with Harry Sibiu. Arsenal, Gooners, why are they the team you love? And what makes Spurs the team they must beat? Well, what makes Arsenal the team I love? Uh, I didn't have much choice, to be honest. It's a family thing. Uh, The Arsenal tradition has been passed down for years and years and years. But Arsenal definitely come out on top in this debate for me for a a number of reasons. You know, you only have to look at the facts, though, to get a clear picture. Uh, The history of the two clubs, I think, is incomparable. Arsenal won 13 uh, league titles in comparison to Tottenham's two. And the last one that Tottenham managed to win was back in 1961. Now, my father wasn't even born then. So you have to go back a long, long way uh, to find the last time that Tottenham were champions of England. Um, Arsenal, for me, you know, it means class. It means tradition. It means history. It means uh, so many amazing things. I think for me, one of the things that I loved growing up going to Arsenal was kind of feeling that it was like a family, like everybody was together. And yeah, there have been some difficult years in in more recent times. But I think Arsenal, uh, over the course of their history, having to move locations as well back in the day, which, um, you know, you you mentioned in the intro there, I think they've still managed to kind of keep a huge following. And I think on a global scale, Arsenal are a much bigger club nowadays because ultimately they've been way more successful. And I think that's... um, that's about where you can kind of start, I think. You know, success is, is the biggest thing in football. You know, that's what you play the game for. And Arsenal come out on top in all the metrics there. Very strong argument from Harry there. He's basically saying, they're the winners, baby. Can't you tell? But Kate, I can see that was probably painful for you as a Spurs fan. So let's get in here to opening arguments. Why are hot Spurs Totty, the team for you. Oh my God, I'm dying uh, from that amazing sort of pun you've just done there, Coco. Um, I wasn't suffering at all because I think that Harry, sadly, a man I know and respect very much, but he sadly typified one of the things that many people associate with Arsenal, which is arrogance. And you mentioned history and it's interesting to hear him talk of history because, of course, as you pointed out, Coco, they're not even actually from North London. So the idea that they think that in some way they're relevant to the local area is is a uh, is basically a fantasy <laughs> in terms of the context of a history of Tottenham and also look forget, forget Arsenal Tottenham I, I should just talk about the club and its success and the glory that uh, Tottenham Hotspur fans know about let's leave aside this season we can come back to that but the point about Tottenham is that they were the first club in the 20th century to achieve the league and FA Cup double. They've also had, and I know this will be a sore point for Harry, I don't want to bring it up, but far more European success as a club than Arsenal. So 
if, it, if you like history, if you like an established club that's rooted in its community from the very earliest stage of football back in the 19th century, and if you like a club that's about more than just sipping your lattes and, uh, you know, wandering up the road in a slightly, like, disaffected way to sit very quietly in the Emirates and have a lovely time, then you should be watching your football at Tottenham. <laughs> that was amazing. I'm really enjoying this, like... The People's Princess, Tottenham Hotspurs. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really loving that. Um, okay, let's let's open it up a little bit. I think the, probably the easiest way to divide up this debate will be thinking about like let's talk about on the pitch and off the pitch. So on the pitch, who has the nicest style? Who's innovative in their style of play? Harry, do you want to kick things off? Well, it, it's Arsenal. There's, there's no question about that. Arsenal have shown over the years that they can play in various different ways. You go back to the George Graham days. I'm not going to go too far further back than that because it would be way before my time. But you go. Uh, Back to I see. The George well, there might days. be a reason why I might. <laughs> <laughs> Look, at the end of the day, Arsenal have shown over the years that they can evolve with the game. You know, you go back to the, the George Graham days, as I mentioned, and you saw a real pragmatic style of football uh, where the game was very, very different, a very solid team that were always able to keep their opponents out and then only needed to win by small margins because of how strong defensively they were. You look at Arsene Wenger coming in and completely transforming the club. I don't think you get to do that at Tottenham Hotspur. You don't get to come in and completely revolutionise football because the club wouldn't support you enough to be able to do that, as many managers over recent years have found out at Tottenham Hotspur. But when it comes to Tottenham Hotspur, the gap between the two clubs is huge always has been and always will be because to bridge a gap between two league titles to 13, it's going to take a lifetime and I doubt they can even achieve it in that. Kate, let's bring you in. I noticed that Harry was talking about football managers there. Of course, Arsene Wenger, he is an icon. I think he might be a fashion influencer too. Um, and he also, you know, brought a continental style to Arsenal. Can Tottenham's managers compete with that? Oh man, are you talking about his inability to fasten his coat? <laughs> 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 oh, bless him. Arsene Wenger. Yeah, he certainly is a, a top manager and has had a big influence. I mean, you talk about Tottenham backing their managers. Think about Arsene Wenger and all that he did for that football club. I remember being there not so very long ago, Harry, when your fans were treating Arsene Wenger in an absolutely despicable way. So... We'll part of that for the moment, but I think that is something that tells against probably the values that Arsenal Football Club supposedly have. Yeah, you'd, you'd talk about the Tottenham style as being this English, like it's supposed to be fun. You're absolutely right. And look, let's not, um, let, clearly if we start dealing in this season, I'm not going to win this debate, am I? But in the previous seasons, I can see Harry's still hurting when he says it always will, always has, always will. I can see that he's still hurting from the fact that Tottenham finished above Arsenal for the last six consecutive seasons. So if we are really dealing in recent history, then I think the case is pretty much closed on that. Are Arsenal building for the future? We'll have to find out. You know, they have, of course, bottled this season. So it'll be interesting to see how they regroup next season. You know, our history with Mauricio Pochettino is a little bit hurtful because he did so amazingly well and he has just now joined Chelsea. But that is an example of somebody who really achieved great things and very frugally as well. I mean, if you compare the wage bills of Tottenham to Arsenal, sure, Arsenal spend money, even if they had to pull it in a bit when they were building the Emirates. But we, as a club, have tended to try and exist 
within our means. And there is actually something quite magical about, um, I think, as a, as a British person, as an English person, about having a football club that I support, which not only features the captain of England, but also uh, is owned by someone British and is run in, a, in the sense of the community. And I, and I think that is something that, of course, has been lost to Arsenal for many years. I do want to just stick on Arsene Wenger a little bit and just... just do you? <laughs> You're a fan? I, you know what? He is very erudite. But um, Harry, Wenger ball, just for our listeners who don't know what that is, I mean, he did define a type of play right yeah he he brought so many things to the british game that people hadn't seen before different tactical methods different styles you know he implemented the change in terms of a lot of the football culture that we were used to here in terms of how players took care of themselves prolonged lots of people's careers but in terms of the style of football at the time it was the best you'd probably ever seen in the premier league now you know obviously they were up against a really strong manchester united side and and maybe arson will look back and think that he probably should have won more than he did, um, maybe, if you want to be critical. But I think in terms of the styles and and in terms of how he revolutionised the game, I think he paved the way for so many others. The ability to scout players from overseas and, and the sort of willingness to go and dip into other markets that British clubs didn't tend to do up until that point opened the door for so many to progress. Look at Leicester City, the way they recruited in the way they sort of built the team to go on and win a Premier League title. That that kind of thing was inspired by the steps that Wenger took when he first came to the Premier League. I mean, standout manager, one of the best ever. And I know Kate referenced Maurizio Pochettino and, and sort of how much they enjoyed his time at Spurs. What did he actually win? Zero. He didn't win anything. Actually, when he left the club, they were down in 14th position. He was sacked for being down in 14th. They've gone through a load of managers since. It's not worked. And what have they done? They spent the entire sort of past few months wishing that Maurizio Pochettino, who won nothing, would come back. So again, there's another example of the difference in the two clubs. The treatment of Wenger at the end of his time at Arsenal was based on the fact that this club has high standards. And at that point in his career, Arsene Wenger wasn't meeting those standards anymore. And that's why a lot of fans wanted him to go. I agree some of the the, the sort of comments made towards him and, and some of the noise that was coming from uh, sections of the Arsenal fan base was disrespectful. But ultimately, it stemmed from Arsenal fans having seen their club punch right at the top for years and beginning to see their club fall away so it's all about the standards mm. a good season to mention of course because we did still manage to finish above you that <laughs> season uh, in terms if we're talking about the history of football managers of course you're absolutely right to consider Wenger a big big name in the context of history but again if we're talking about the Premier League as it is now but how it developed over time and the influence that people have had to say that Wenger has had more influence than Bill Nicholson, our legendary manager from the 60s, I think would be a stretch. You know, this guy who dealt with the dedication, he he put in place, I suppose, something that Wenger would come on to do later on, but he put in place standards that players would meet. He worked on how even stuff that I guess now we call conditioning, but of course in the 60s looked a little bit different. Um, but he was a, a hugely talented uh, footballer and then he went on to become this manager who who dealt in characters and I think that is something that's been so powerful for for, for football in North London so I'm sure you, you're grateful for that now that you've arrived in North London with Arsenal um, but also generally uh, that's something that's been key to the development of English football if you consider of course that again we were the first to win a European 
Cup. Also, Harry, you you must love being named after England's top scorer, Harry Kane, right? Yeah, of course. You must <laughs> yeah. feel good about that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, look, look, while we're talking about Kane, I mean, he is a once in a generation player. That is kind of Tottenham Hotspur's, you know, doing. He They sort of made him. Yeah, well, yeah. well, for sure. Of course. And the fact is that he is... It's kind of some of the talents that we've had in recent seasons. And we can go dig further back if you like. I mean, we talk about Paul Gascoigne all afternoon. You probably enjoy it. Um, <laughs> oh, but, I would. Yeah. <laughs> he's the sort of footballer that I love. Just pure chaos. Chaos off the pure pick. Chaos. What's he doing? He's going to hit that. He's going to hit that. He is, you know. Uh, yeah. So you talk about Harry Kane. I mean, in terms of what he's managed to achieve, it, it, it is just for England as well I'm assuming that's something I, I'm assuming you're an England fan Harry yeah yeah I like England to do well <laughs> <laughs> that was a really great oh, answer wow someone, someone doesn't really identify as an England fan uh, fair enough um, but the, for the rest of us yeah I mean I think the value that then of course significantly in terms of Tottenham the contributions that we made to the England squad generally you know, back in 2018 so again talking about recent history you know the way that a lot of those players who who have done well for England in the past have, have come through um, I'm not going to try and do a kind of West Ham we won the World Cup sort of conversation but certainly there are a number of players who have have uh, supported the England team and have done really, really well for England. And, and Harry Kane is the main one. I mean, yeah, he's just magic to watch. And in terms of the, the goals and when he stands behind a penalty, except obviously quite recently, you think there's definitely going to be one going in the back of the net. And in terms of British players as well, of course, we had Gareth Bale in recent history and, and he is also one of the finest players I've ever watched. I could probably make a quite good case for him being one of the best players in the world in any season. We'll be back after this. You mentioned there, Kate, that feeling of seeing Harry step up to the ball. Like, let's let's dig into those that feeling of watching the teams. Like, who's got the best fans? Who's got the best songs? You know, Harry, let's kick <laughs> off with you. Like, Arsenal fans, why are they the ultimate legends? Well, the, the problem is, is that when it comes to the fans thing, and, you know, ever since Arsenal moved to Emirates Stadium, there's been loads of talk about the atmosphere being poor and and all of that stuff. And, and I, I will admit that at times it wasn't very good. And over the last couple of seasons since Mikel Arteta's come in and, and really helped people to identify with the club again, you've seen a massive, massive difference there. But I warned Spurs supporters that the same thing would happen to them when they move to a bigger stadium because all of a sudden it's no longer the hardcore. All of a sudden there's more tourists there. There's more corporates there. And that's fine. They're entitled to be there. But what you do is you dilute the atmosphere a little bit. That happens at any big stadium. And I've noticed that at Tottenham as well. And, and I've spoken to friends that are Tottenham fans. I do have a few that have also, um, you know, made that point as well. So I think, you know, you only have to look at the atmosphere now. I mean, the Emirates Stadium has been rocking all season. Um, just thinking back to that Reese Nelson goal earlier in the campaign, I I've never seen scenes like that uh, at the Emirates Stadium since it opened. And, you know, towards the end of the season, yes, Arsenal season ended in disappointment, but you could still feel that love and that connection there. You compare that to Spurs' lap of appreciation at the end of uh, their Premier League season, where there was basically nobody there anymore. You know, that tells you all you kind of need to know about how the two sets of supporters are feeling. And, um, and ultimately, if the club produces on the pitch, then that helps with the atmosphere, doesn't it? You know, Kate mentioned a load of great players um, that have been at Spurs. You know, you guys mentioned Harry Kane, Gareth Bale, Luka Modric as well. But they all have one thing in common. 
they've had to go somewhere else. Harry Kane will probably have to go somewhere else to achieve what he wants to achieve in football. And even the England team that Spurs filled up with players didn't win anything either. So you, oh, you know, you, you're not about to, to say that the, the secret of success is winning the first uh, England, like winning the World Cup for England for the first no, time. I'm not, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I'm 66. Just, I'm just saying that you know, there's a in the spur within the Spurs culture, there is a, a tendency to praise things that often amount to nothing. Isn't there a word because, for choking, which is Spursy? Isn't that a, a, a phrase when a team just like, oh, it, that, there was an opportunity and they fumbled. It's a Spursy moment. Have I got that right? <laughs> I'll let Kate take that one. <laughs> I thought you were, I thought you were supposed to be a neutral <laughs> arbiter of this. <laughs> That's not. I mean, I'm going to struggle to deal with that one, and I probably would struggle to to uh, to deal with the songs because we have got some absolutely bloody terrible songs. Oh, so have we. But so I mean, have we. <laughs> partly, partly from the partly because some of them are so old. They're all these kind of like marching bands or sort of songs. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Wow, this is retro. Uh, yeah, um, I think in terms of the fans, you know, this I think Harry's being quite uh, moderate on it because obviously within any football fan base, there are these extremes and there are these extremes, highs and lows. We've talked about this in the reaction to, to Arsene Wenger and, and I think that is a general thing about football and in fact talking about uh, I was talking the other day to to the guys who run Brighton about Roberto De Zerbi separate conversation but he is a, such a passionate guy and that's that's why you get all the highs and then sometimes the lows as well and I think generally speaking that's that's the story with football fans they go absolutely mad about it um, and then of course it goes mad and aggro the other way. So I also wanted to talk about like you know football has a very close relationship to popular culture to style to music just humour me who's got the best kit? Uh, in recent seasons what, what Arsenal have concentrated on is becoming a leisure wear brand so I don't really know that that is like a positive that they're doing well you know in terms of a kit with a bit of heritage that I really love that was the again talking about that Champions League season the third kit was the one and it had the like the map of the local area across it so like of N17 where we are uh, and so that was quite kind of iconic and, and another way of like connecting everything to, to the local area so yeah, there's obviously been great kits, but you know, if you want to be a brand for the hipsters of Islington, then I'm afraid I'll have to hand the floor over to Harry. <laughs> it's all it's all part of growth. It's all part of growth, and that's why uh, Arsenal are, are able to spend more money than Tottenham are able to spend, and have been for a while. It's why the Arsenal shop is packed every single day. People going in and out, buying all sorts of different stuff. They've dropped a load of new ranges over the last year. More than I, I, you know, I would the fashion normally. Lingo. I didn't know but, you're so into it now, Harry. It's, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. You should see my wardrobe. It's amazing. Although, come on, Harry, you have to admit, it, when you travel overseas, you do see an Arsenal shirt. You never see a Tottenham shirt. Is that good or bad? I don't know. It's good because you see it, a Tottenham shirt. Come on, where, where? are you traveling, Coco? France. <laughs> um, that's about it, really. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a bigger question about some issues with, with football in the Premier League that we probably, probably can't, can't, can't solve that today. But actually, I'm just really conscious <laughs> we need to wrap up soon. So let's go to closing arguments. Let's let's start with you, Harry. 13 league titles versus two, an unbeaten season, the FA Cup record winners, um, the much bigger fan base, which has been accumulated over the years because of success. And when you think about the fact that Arsenal moved from South London to North London and still took over, that kind of tells you even more about how 
how much of a, a dominant force they've been in London football. The third biggest club in this country for me, behind Liverpool and Manchester United, whichever order you want to put those two in, in terms of size. And, uh, and, and I think that's enough to kill the argument. I, I don't really see that there's an argument here. And I actually feel really sorry for Kate because you guys have brought her on with an impossible task. And, and I really like Kate and, and I think she's brilliant at what she does. And she's put up a fantastic fight, but the facts don't lie. It's as simple as that. I don't know though, Harry, romance counts for a lot. Narrative <laughs> counts for a lot. I like a little guy, but um, I'm doing a cage job for her. So I will pass over to you. I wouldn't call call us a little guy, but thank you for your kind words, Harry. And Coco, I have a lot of respect for you both. Um, But I'm not sure I, uh, I'm not sure how I should treat that slightly poisoned chalice response there, Harry. Uh, The point about football is about the history and where we come from. You've had to refer to it a number of times, Arsenal are not from North London. So if there is any debate about that, then Tottenham, of course, win it. They were the first club in the 20th century to win that league and FA Cup double in 61. That's right. We've had one of the most iconic managers in the history of football in Bill Nicholson. He set the tone. Nice of Arsene Wenger to carry on and conclude it. We've had more recent success as well. We've finished above them multiple times in recent seasons. But As we say, it's not really about that. It's what it means to you to watch it. And of course, for me, Tottenham with the stadium that is the best in the world, we haven't even talked about that because I think the thing that really sticks with people is what kind of a team these guys are and the glowing white shirts that you see stepping out there, reminiscent of England, in which the captain of England, Harry Kane, plays with the greater numbers of continental silverware that we have will mean that most people and indeed many people in Europe recognise that England's first winner of a European trophy was Tottenham Hotspur, the best English club. Well, that is the final whistle. She got one in. She got one in. Another pun. Can I say back of the net? Can I say that? Is of course you early? can. I love the way you're <laughs> indulging in all of this. I want more, not less of your pun, yeah. punning action. Thank you, Kate. And thank you, Harry. Uh, one more reminder to you, our listeners. You decide if you want to vote on whether Arsenal or Spurs won this battle, then click the link in the podcast description to cast your vote. The poll is open and the winner will be announced in next week's episode. We'd also love to hear from you on what topics we should debate next, Email any suggestions to Versus at IntelligenceSquared.com or tweet us at Intelligence2. You've been listening to Versus, a podcast by Intelligence Squared. I'm your host, Coco Khan. This episode was produced and edited by Tom Hall. The executive producer was Farah Jassat. Thank you for listening. What are you doing right now? Perhaps you're in the supermarket. Maybe you're on a run or on the commute. But wherever you are in the world, and whatever you're doing, right now you're also listening to my voice. This is the power of podcasts. The ability to communicate with your audience in an intimate and intentional way through audio. I'm B. Duncan, Senior Partnerships Producer at Intelligence Squared. We've been a world-leading forum for talks, debates and events for over two decades. And we also use our cutting-edge curation, creativity and editorial expertise to elevate your brand to new audiences with podcasting. Intrigued? To find out what we can do for your organisation, book into a free consultation with me today. 
Find out more by going to www.intelligencesquared.com forward slash partnerships.